Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us today. My name is Ray, one of the pastors here at Calvary. We welcome you who are here and those who are watching online as well. Boy, I just, our our graphics department does a, a great job on that stuff, don't they? I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's read the word this morning. going to read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, all the way through 11, and it kind of tells us the direction we're headed in this series. Uh, I'm going to, you have verse 8 up there, but I'm going to start with uh, verse 7. That just speaks to me today. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority. And now verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. While they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly, uh, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into the heaven uh, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Lord, take your word. Let it go deep in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we're starting a new series today. And my uh, my prayer for you and for me is that you would be with us every single week to just grow in our faith together and and take this journey together, that you would accept this invitation in this message to join us on what we believe will be an exciting journey of of personal growth, a a journey of learning to know Jesus more deeply, and then impacting our community. That's our prayer for you. In a little blurb I did for whatever we send out to let you know where we're going with this thing, I mentioned the film adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the first book, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring. And in it, if you know, how many of you are, are Lord of the Rings fans? Anyone? I was hoping for more. <laughs> this, never mind. No, I'm kidding you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it anyway. There's this, there's this hobbit named Frodo who's received this ring of power that he's got to get out of the Shire, which is his home. And uh, Samwise ends up going with him, another hobbit, and if you don't know what a hobbit is, that's more your problem than mine. <laughs> so um, uh, they're, they're leaving the Shire, uh, leaving their home. And Sam, who's trailing behind Frodo, he, he stops and, uh, as they're leaving. And he said these words in the film. He said, if I take one more step, it will be the farthest away from home I've ever been. If I take one more step, it will be the farthest I've ever been. No doubt that's a little scary, but my prayer for you and for me is that we'll take steps farther than we've ever been before in our walk with Jesus, in our faith, in becoming who God is calling us to be as we read in Acts chapter one, to be his witnesses that we will take steps we've never taken before. Uh, Tolkien was a Christian as he wrote this, the world that he created, Sam uh, and Frodo literally saved the world and there's a lot of metaphor there. 
But it all began with that first step. It began with a, a sense of courage. And my prayer for you and I, that we would have courage. When Mary and I first went to India some 20 years ago, I guess it's been, wow. Uh, the minute we hit the New Delhi International Airport and I walked into a restroom and there was a hole in the floor for the toilet, I knew I wasn't in Kansas, Washington, or <laughs> California anymore. It was, it, was, it was different. When we walked outside and there were probably hundreds, maybe thousands of people sleeping outside the International Airport, it reminded me that this was a different world. As we were driving through the night to get to the college where we would be speaking, uh, it was, it was a crazy ride. I mean, it was like the e-ticket ride at Disneyland, if you all remember that. And, uh, and I, I'll never forget Mary turning to me and saying, very seriously, I want to go home right now. <laughs> and, and truthfully, I could relate to that. I, I did too, but I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to you know, be brave. But I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, the, the blessing we would have missed had we have not taken that step to stay on the bus and get to where we were going, to be with the college students and these pastors from all over India, just standing in the presence of God, worshiping him, was something I'll never forget. These people who give of their lives, sacrifice much to pastor churches in all different settings. We'd have never, we'd have never enjoyed that blessing had we have not taken that step of faith and gone on our first missions trip. I think about being near South Africa at the Transkei when these families would walk one, two, three hours barefooted to get to a service uh, in this little cement building that my dad's church helped build 30, 40 years ago. And just uh, standing there knowing that Mary and I have so much and these guys, these children and women and men are singing like angels and worshiping God as though they are the richest people on the planet. What a blessing we would have missed had we have not taken that step. I could tell you stories about Lesotho where people are praising God even though their corn crop is failing. And all it takes is a step. It takes a step in, in the right direction of going where God wants you to go. You know, this book is filled with stories of people moving and taking steps. Easiest example is the one where the uh, children of Israel are in Egypt and they're in bondage and God calls them to say, take a step and I'll take you to the promised land. It's gonna take you 41, 40, 41 years to get there because you're not gonna listen. But if you'll follow me, I'll get you to the promised land. I think of Abram when he leaves in Genesis chapter 12 and, and God calls him, hey, leave your family, leave everything that's comfortable, leave everything you know, and I'm going to take you to a place you've never been before. And, and Abram, who becomes Abraham, gets up and he goes. And then in Acts chapter one and verse eight, he says, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, I'm going to fill you to such degree that you are going to become my witnesses, and then you're going to go to, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You're going to be my witnesses to the rest of the world. As we read this, the, the message to those original disciples are just as much to you and I. We are called to be his witnesses. We are called to be his witnesses. Now, you all know what a witness is. You've watched enough crime shows on television uh, a witness is someone who has either seen, heard, or experienced something that they can speak with authority, they can speak with certainty of that which they have seen and they have heard. It's what John wrote in 1 John when he wrote these words. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life, who is Jesus. 
The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. I like what Peter said. He put it this way. We became a witness to the majesty of God. We became a, a witness of, of Jesus' majesty. The point is this, and, and I, I think Pastor Daniel made it last week. I'm going to make it again today. Uh, we can't tell about Jesus until we know Jesus, and the journey is about knowing Jesus, knowing him more day by day. Did y'all catch that? We can't share Jesus until we know Jesus. We can't know Jesus until we spend time with Jesus. And until we spend time with him, we're never going to be the witnesses that God is calling us to be. And so the invitation today is you and I together. Let's go together. No matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter how long you've been a Christian or not, doesn't matter. Let's take this journey together. Let's get to know Jesus so that we become who he's calling us to be, his witnesses in this world today. The journey's made up of things you hear us talk about all the time. It's made up of worship. It's made up of prayer. It's made up of devotional reading. It's made up of, of studying the word of God, of, of classes and things we do around here like Rooted and Brave and, and Deep Dive and stuff of growing our faith. It's hanging together in community. It's having times of solitude. It's meditating upon who Jesus is. It's journaling. It's sharing our story. It's all of these experiences and more. But as we practice, and I'm going to be honest with you, it does take practice. I know about three people in the world who are automatically good at this stuff, and I'm not one of them. It takes practice. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's my promise to you. When you take time and, and you take this invitation to spend time in the presence of Jesus, if you need healing, you'll find it. If you need to know someone who will, never, who will have your back, Spend time with Jesus. If you want to be with someone who'll never fail or forget who you are, spend time with Jesus. If you want a fresh way to live, if you want a fresh way to live, instead of listening to the nonsense, I was talking to a guy who shared with me some podcast he was listening to, and I said, that guy is, is an embarrassment. I, uh, I was in that mood just to share it like I saw it. That guy you're listening to, is, he doesn't represent Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. Whoever you are listening to in a podcast or something, I'm on a tangent. Be back in a minute, but you're the last service so there. <laughs> if, they've not stepped, if they've not spent time in the presence of Jesus, if they don't know the teachings of Jesus, then you need to forget about it. Amen. You just need to forget about it. Yeah, but Pastor Ray, they sound so good. They get my emotions going. Yeah, that's where they make their money. All Jesus wants is you to follow him. And take his teachings about forgiveness and about loving your enemy and about treating people and, uh, as he would treat them. Follow Jesus and follow, follow those who open the book every so often and get to know him. Is that okay to say? Follow Jesus. Where was I? We, we, we keep taking steps to, to becoming like Jesus, to becoming his witnesses. That's the call of the church. That we grow in our faith, we grow inside in the presence of Jesus so that as Pastor Daniel talked last week on the Great Commission, we can go and share the good news of who? Jesus. Baptizing in whose name? Jesus. Teaching everyone to obey whom? Jesus. We're called to be his witnesses today. The goal is this in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 and 15. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. I like, Paul put it a lot more succinctly when he said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings and become like him in his death. 
This journey is about growing in knowledge. It's about growing into who Jesus is. It's about becoming like Christ. It's about experiencing the fullness that you're never gonna find out there because the only fullness you're going to experience is the fullness as the Holy Spirit brings Jesus to bear in your life and mine today and we become like him. We learn to know him. And then and only then do we become eyewitnesses to the resurrection power of Jesus. Now listen, as we begin this journey, if you're willing to go, if you're willing to go with us on this journey for the next few weeks and into the next 18 months, and that's a very important time, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit. If you're willing to go on this journey, every journey begins with some, some evaluation. When Mary and I go to Branson, Missouri to see friends or my family sometimes, uh, I, know where, I know how many miles I'm going to travel. I know the places I'm going to stop for gas. I know where we're staying. I've made all the reservations, and I plan out the trip because I think it's important when you go that far. That's, that's what I think a lot of us do. It's the same way when, when you're beginning a journey. It begins with one step. But that one step, you have to know where you're going and you have to determine and evaluate where you're at. And it requires some honesty. I'll give you for instance. For some people, doing the disciplines and, and being on the journey of growing in their faith, man, it's as easy as putting butter on bread. Oh, my disciplines, not a problem. Read my Bible, spend four hours, not a problem. I gotta be honest with you. Those people annoy me. <laughs> well, they don't annoy, sort of they do, but I envy them. I envy them. You know why? That's not me. I got a strong suspicion it's not a lot of you. A lot of times we struggle with those very things. We, we need to make an honest appraisal that that's not us, and so we just need to uh, understand that disciplines that doing the things, uh, and I know ideally it should all be easy, but it really isn't. So then there are those who have no discipline at all and we, we pray for them. But here's the point, no matter who you are, be honest. Say, you know what, I struggle and so I'm gonna need some help opening my Bible. I'm gonna have to get in a small group of guys or women or couples and I'm gonna have to do this together because I'm gonna need some support to do this. No matter who you are, just be honest. We have to be honest about our starting point so we can know the next steps to take. Does that make sense to everyone? Okay. Then, then there's those hindrances that Pastor Daniel talked about last week. Anyone remember? I do. Every one of them hit me over the head. I mean, I, I'll be honest. How many like honesty in a pastor? I'll be honest. I've dealt with every single one of those things. Hindrances are obstacles to the journey. Doubt, distraction, temptation, tiredness, emptiness, doubt, and low self-esteem and, and, and then there are those that are crafted just for you as individuals. The enemy knows your, your weaknesses. The enemy knows where to get you. He knows what you struggle with. And so there's these hindrances. I know what doubt is. When COVID started and people started, Christians started fighting with one another, I struggled with that. How about you? I know what it means to live distracted. I've battled distraction in my life. I know what it means to experience temptation. There have been times I've been too tired to care to do the right thing. I just wanted to get through something. I, I know what having a spiritual tank that's almost empty. Anyone here tried to live the Christian life with your spiritual gas tank on E? It doesn't work real well. I know what it's like to feel unworthy or, or less than someone else. And I think most of you do as well. Here's some counsel for some of us who have felt any of those hindrances or distractions or obstacles on the, on the journey. 
if you want to get over it, number one, stop beating yourself up. Just stop it. Yeah, but I, I'm no good because, yeah, I'm no good because I'm a human being, I'm a sinner, and I'm saved by grace. Stop hiding. Pastor Ray, I don't want God to know all my failures. Clue. Clue. How many know he already knows? He knows, and he's not waiting to throw it up in your face. He's waiting to forgive you and give you some strength to get beyond it. Stop pretending that you've got it all together when you don't. Well, Pastor Ray, they won't love me or like me if I don't have it all together. Well, you know what? That must be awfully tiring to live that way. Take a deep breath and just tell your small group, hey, I struggle just like you. Let's be honest. Here's another one. Stop comparing yourself. I wish I was like so-and-so. They have it so together in their lives and in their families and in their spirituality. Well, good for them. Praise God for them. But you're on another journey, and if you're going to have to struggle a little bit, it's okay. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Stop letting Satan take your failures and beat you up every single day. Everyone still awake? Stop letting the enemy, you know, we're on this journey together. We're going to make it. The Bible says we've all sinned, all fallen short of the glory of God. But God is faithful. The goal is to do what? Really simple, friends. Take one step. I hate to sound cliche, but every journey begins with what? One step. Just take one step. Don't look at the disciplines and, and doing the stuff as one more thing you have to do. Let me tell you, I know people who do all the disciplines, do all the stuff, and they're no more closer to Jesus than when they started. Is that okay to say? I mean, that's the reality. See them as experiences that bring you into the presence of a God who loves you so much who wants to do the powerful things within you, opportunities to spend moments with someone who loves you, who wants to help, who wants the best for you. There have been so many times God met me right in my deepest need when I was struggling the most. God shows up. I remember being at, when we, we held services at Maple Lawn Elementary School before they did the remodel years and years ago. And Mary and I were going through one of the toughest things we've ever gone through. And I'm standing on the front row. I know I'm gonna preach in a minute, but I'm struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I'm not worshiping. I'm, I'm in my own sorrow and despair and discouragement. And Jerry Duckworth, our uh, worship pastor back then for 15 years, Jerry, I'll never forget, just starts playing. And he starts singing, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way. And I, as you know, I'm a crier anyway. I start melting. I start melting. And I remember saying very clearly, okay, God, you got this. You got this. I'm gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. It's in those moments in God's word where something jumps off the page at you. It's in those moments when I'm walking up through uh, Snow Canyon near St. George, Utah, and no one's else out there. It's 5.30 in the morning, and the, the sun's gonna be coming up, and I'm just standing all by myself in the middle of God's beauty, and I'm experiencing a present moment with God. Friends, you don't have to go to St. George, Utah. You can do that in your car. It's finding moments where we, we, we open his word or we cry out to God and we're honest. God, I can't do this in myself anymore. I can't make it. And, and God reminds you that you don't have to. He died and rose again for you. All it takes is one step. And then you start feeling Psalm 23 and 3. He restores your soul. 
He begins to lead you in steps of righteousness. Now, I wanna, I wanna show you something here real quickly. Jesse, would you, would you come up here? Hey, Rick, would you come and help me? If you'll go stand over here. Come out this way a little, Jesse. We're gonna go right across the front here. Rick, move back a little further, a little further, a little further, a little further, right there. All right, now pull it a little tighter. Yeah, there you go. Keep it tight, keep it tight. Mary, could I have those things? Everyone wondering what the heck Ray's doing? Okay, okay. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ray, I just, I just, uh, listen, I'll make you a deal, Ray. I'll come to church on Sunday morning. I'll stand here and I'll hear, I'll listen to you guys speak and I'll even put something in the offering and then I'm gonna go home, but I don't really wanna deepen my faith. Friends, that is so dangerous on so many levels, I don't even know where to begin with. If I was of a certain background uh, and, and, and group, I'd, I'd, I'd sit there and argue with you about are you really saved, but that's not me. Um, but there's something that we need to understand. The Bible says this over and over, and I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture for it. Um, it's dangerous because the Bible says very clearly we are living in what's called the last days. Everyone still awake? We're living in the last days. The last days is, it, the last, or the journey, here, just sit right there, thank you. There you go. The journey is about living as a follower of Jesus in the last days. The last days refers to that period of time between, between when Jesus was crucified, rose again, and ascended. That's, that's, that's this point in history. Everyone with me? Then, thanks Mary, I know Mary isn't. And then over here is that moment, is that moment when, you know, Revelation 21, when Jesus Christ is coming back, he's going to establish his reign and rule. He will be, we won't even need the sun because he becomes, he's, so, he's the light of the world. And so between, between there and there, if you read all the, uh, if you want to read those verses when you get home, it, all the New Testament writers spoke in last day language, in the last days, in the last age, in the last hour. They're talking about in their time, they firmly believe, they firmly believe that they were living in the last days before, wow, that whatever age they were living in on the historic, see history has a beginning and an end in my opinion. History's not a set of random acts. I think there's a directness to where God says history's going to, going to conclude when, when my son returns. Peter and James and everyone, they believe that their time were the last days. And in point of fact, if their time was after the death and resurrection of Jesus and before his return, they were living in the last days. I'm not so concerned with their last days as I am with our last days. The Bible talks about living in the last days. And, and in the last days, the Bible talks about it's gonna get tough, it's gonna get rough. 
There's gonna be heartache. There's gonna be some gnashing of teeth. I mean, it's just gonna be bad. But he also says this. You guys can lower that low. I don't want you to get tired. Because <laughs> we're gonna be here for a minute. Um, uh, it's gonna get bad. I mean, people are so surprised when it's getting bad out there. Can I ask you a question? Why? I mean, the Bible is pretty upfront with us. The Bible says it's going to get rough out there. It's going to get bad. Why are, we, why, are we, why are we mad at pagans when pagans act like pagans? They don't know Jesus. What annoys me is when Christians act like pagans. That's annoying. Everyone's still awake? So we're dealing with, with, this, with, this, with this time frame right here. So he said this, in the last days, you and I, based on the Great Commission, based on Acts 1-8 and, and Matthew 28, we're called to be witnesses. In other words, in, in this time frame right here, we're called to live differently. That there must be something about us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes us different than the world, different than superficial Christianity, different than nominal Christianity, different than all the Christianities that are more about a religion than being who God has called you and I to be. Am I tracking with anybody today? That's what we're called to do. Now, the, what we have to recognize is, you know, not only was there bad news, let me tell you what, what the Bible says. Jesus also, or the scriptures tell us that in that same time period, he would pour out his spirit. He would pour out his spirit so that you and I, everyday, ordinary, average people, could be so filled with the spirit of the living God that we could learn to be, through the journey of growing in knowledge of Jesus Christ, be his witnesses. That when people out there were struggling, they could see hope and they could see peace. They could see the light of the world shining in you and I. To do that, here's what has to happen. I want to introduce a new word to you. It's called proleptic. I just learned it last week, but I think it's a great word. Pro, uh, it's right up there. Uh, proleptic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a grammatical term. Uh, in which a future event is so sure to come, so sure to be the case, that it is spoken of in the present tense. Let me give you a for instance. More than once, I've stood at the front door and I've yelled at Mary, who we were going somewhere, I said, Mary, I'm in the car. Well, truthfully, what? I'm not in the car, but I know I'm gonna be in the car, so I talk like I'm already in the car, even though I'm not in the car, I talk like I'm what? I'm in the car. I'm not lying to her. I'm not trying to hurry her up. I'm telling her a future fact that is for me in the present. I'm, for me, I'm in the car, though I'm not in the car, but I'm living like I'm already in the car. <laughs> Three certain, no, I can't say it again. Here's my point. Dear Lord, I hope I got one. <laughs> this is so real. Jesus Christ is returning. He will establish righteousness and joy and hope. And there will be peace and there will be no more death and all of these things. He will, he will be the light of this world. I mean, and, and, and for some of us who are so steeped in the faith, we're saying this is so real right here in the future that we're gonna live like it now. The reality of there is so rich and powerful and free. We're gonna leave it, live it here. 
because of what we know about the future. That means that the joy I would experience there, I can have joy here. The Bible tells me that. The peace that I can experience there, I can share and, and experience here. A world of forgiveness there, I'm called to have a world of forgiveness here. Loving one another there, I can love one another here. That anything that happens there, that if God can do it there, God can still do it here. I think God is still doing miracles today. How about you? I believe that strongly. God is still on the move. God is still operating. No matter how bad it gets out there. Where, where did our faith go, Pastor Ray? It's rotten out there. Yeah, it is. I don't know about you, but it just seems like a real opportunity. It seems like an opportunity, doesn't it? That when the world gets darker, we let the light of Christ shine all the more brightly. Say, Ray, you're talking pie in the sky. No, I'm not. Here's what it takes. Honestly. It takes people living in this age who are committed to being filled, to journeying to know Jesus so much deeply, so, so deeply. Let me give you a for instance. Did you, I just saw a poll. You know, I take all polls with a grain of salt, but this one I'm pretty sure is right. 44% of the people of the registered voters that they polled said these words, 44%. They're already tired of the next election. <laughs> By the way, Pastor Daniel, it is 18 months and 14 days away from right now. I checked. They're already tired. Yeah, but it's 18. They're tired. Is that not an opportunity for us to present to them a, a different reality? Let me give you, a, it, I'm almost done. If, if, uh, if politics is about changing the values or influencing the values of a, of a culture or society, and that's what politics is, far left, far, the right and the left, liberalism, conservatism, they want to influence the values of a society. Is that correct? Okay. The problem is, is that many times, especially today, it seems like they're just the same side of, uh, you know, different words, but it's the same side, of, it's the it, two sides of the same coin. I'm going to propose an alternative. Here's, here's, now, uh, I just want you to think about it. Don't get upset with me for saying this, but if, if politics is meant, uh, if politics is a set of values that influence a society or culture, then shouldn't Christianity be a politic and not, Christ, and not a religion? I mean, honestly, we've relegated, religion, we've relegated Christianity to a religion and put it on the back shelf over here and say it's irrelevant to public life. Au contraire. What the world desperately needs is a third politic. It needs a third politic that are men and women who are so consumed by the presence of the living God that they won't be caught up in that or that. They've got a fresh place for people who are exhausted by politics of that persuasion and that persuasion to give them a future and a hope that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem is we got to stop thinking about winning and start thinking about the gospel. Right? It's not about winning. Pastor Ray, we got, yeah. I, you you want to have a historical talk about all the times that Christianity sought to win instead of lifting up Jesus? 
I mean, honestly, it's about lifting up the name of Jesus and providing an alternative. Say, well, Pastor Ray, how does that happen? It starts with one step. You guys can put that down. Thank you. I'm done. Let's give our helpers a hand. Thank you. Thank you. It begins with one step. It begins with people who are tired of the status quo, who look at the world and its nonsense and want something different. Just want something different. How will we do that? One step. I don't know what the one step is for you. I know what I need to start doing. I know what, I know one step I can take. And it doesn't have to be big stuff, friend. Maybe, maybe for you it's starting out tomorrow morning, just a 30-second prayer. Dear Jesus, walk with me today. That wasn't even 30 seconds. But maybe that's the small step you need to take. Maybe for someone else, it's you've been a Christian a while. Maybe your step is to pull out and start reading some scripture before you head to work. Maybe it's getting up a little earlier. Maybe it's making a commitment to show up at worship services so that you can lift your hands and worship the Lord together. I heard Thursday night, I was coming back on a plane, but I heard worship on Thursday night was awesome. Maybe it's doing some things like that, but is there not a cause? You know, I'll close with this. I'm closing. Really? Maybe, you know, this weekend there were over 100, 100 adults over there working with, with children, shaping culture. 100 people that are, this weekend, are working over with your kids, our kids, shaping culture. Tonight, with Pastor Taylor, there'll be 60, and, and Alexis, there'll be 60 plus people working with the young people. You know what they're doing? They're shaping culture. They're trying to raise up people that no one loved Jesus, and if enough, you know, I, I long for the day where he pours out his spirit to such degree that Christians are so on fire for Jesus, so wrapped up that we walk by and our shadows hit someone and they come to know Jesus. They're just walking and we're, we're walking in the power not of the right nor the left, but the power of Jesus because that's the only real power that matters anyway. Everything else is... Let's pray. It's baloney. It's just baloney. And I'm tired of it. And I think Jesus is too. Say, well, Pastor Ray, you just don't understand. Well, I'll tell you what, pal. Anyone you're following, if, they, if, they don't, if they're not following the teachings of Jesus, then you gotta ask, ask yourself, why? Gotta win. Nope. You gotta present the gospel. Yeah, but nope. That's what the Bible says. The argument's over. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Help all of us in this room. We're gonna, we're gonna go on this journey together. We're gonna go together. So we pray that your spirit would, would, would pour out in each of us a fresh desire to not get caught up in the things of this foolish, foolish world, but to get 
immersed in the only thing that really matters. Becoming immersed in you, being filled with your presence, becoming your witness, so that as there is desperation and despair out in the world in the last days, we can hold the answer that we have in you. Holy Spirit, do that starting with me, starting with us today. In Christ's name, we pray. Stand with me. Let's worship together. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.